Hello. Hi, Welcome to the self-service podcast, ladies. It's an honour. Never Thank you for joining. How many intros are we going to do to get it right? But yeah, really welcome. Nice. I feel like people need to know where this podcast actually came from. Because, Emily, I think this all started when we were in lockdown. You were in <laughs> Sydney. I was in Brisbane. And we would call each other. I don't know if you remember, every day at the same time. And I think for me, it was like three o'clock in Brisbane. And for you, it was like two o'clock in Sydney. And we would just talk. And we would like laugh so much. And we thought we were so funny. And we were like... We'd be on the phone for like two hours and be like, we should make a podcast. <laughs> and this was what, like to hear it. three years ago? It didn't, it didn't and now here we are. The whole time. We thought we were on the similar time zone. And we were Yeah, weren't. but we actually weren't. Yeah. Oh my God, that was <laughs> lockdown. I remember going for dinner with you, talking about it, being like, I'm going to start this podcast. You just kept saying, watch this space. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here what, we are. Three years since then, but better late than never. <laughs> So yeah, thank you so much girls for joining. Um, might be good to maybe give the listeners a bit of a background into like how we met, who we are, um, so that they know how we got here really. But Emily, how did we meet? Because I feel like I forget this because it wasn't when we were traveling, was it? It was when we were living in Bournemouth? No, and I've literally been sat here just thinking about it because I knew you were going to ask. And all I can think of is the house in Bournemouth. We would have met through her in the house in Bournemouth on a night out, probably. Yes. And we all but got up wearing the I same outfit. We were all wearing like black leather skirts and like crop tops. Do you remember we all were wearing and black boots? We all like had the same outfit on. We looked like a girl band. Oh, we had a photo <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I yes. met you. I don't remember. But. Yeah, so that's where we met. And then you were going traveling like a few months before me and my friends were going traveling, doing like the classic Southeast Asia thing. And then we we met along along the way, didn't we? And sort of like got to know each other better as friends, probably God, probably like Vietnam then. Yeah, and we had the villa in Bali. Yeah, we were traveling together towards the end. Then you did you go home? Did you come straight to Australia? Then I went straight to Australia, but before you, I went straight to Brisbane. Um, and then that's when I, I think it was like a couple of weeks later, I got a job and met Jess. Yes, that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd been, had, had I been there maybe like three months, I think, already. Yeah, and I was still, I think. Had you been there long? Yeah, I think, yeah, two, three months maybe. Maybe I just started. I don't know, but I was doing quite well in the job anyway. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I, I think I was, yeah, I think I was still pretty much trying to find my feet though. And then, yeah, I met you. And then, yeah, here we are. Not left each other's side. It's when you were out <laughs> knocking on doors as a salesman. Oh God, yeah, it was. We were great though, weren't we? In that we were really good, heat. actually. Yeah. We were top sellers. Yeah. For anyone mm. that's gone to Australia and got themselves in a direct marketing role, um, we feel you. And maybe that can make mm. a whole other podcast. That'd be quite funny, actually. <laughs> that would be a great podcast. <laughs> but how good was it for like meeting new people? Like when you move abroad, obviously the hardest thing is like not having um friends. You don't know people from, you know, it's kind of difficult to connect at first with, with Australians. So it was all like a real big office of British people, wasn't it, basically? And so yeah. it was also quite fun. And that's how he, he made friends. And then um, you came out to Brisbane and stayed with me for a while. 
and then I introduced you to Jess and then really weirdly I think I went back home for Christmas came back you guys ended up moving in together without me (laughs) and I moved in with someone else that was an absolute rookie error yeah I don't know what happened yeah that was great though I actually think I'd met you once Emily for we went for dinner maybe at that tapas place on Brisbane River and I think Alex Osman was like oh you was like yeah I'm looking for someone to move in I was like well hello so (laughs) just happened fine I'll move in yeah (laughs) I feel like that was a really good time in our lives though right had this group of five of us didn't we that was just like the girls group in Brisbane we did everything together it worked we had dinner around each other's house so like we didn't really feel lonely or anything that was like a really I feel like that was I don't know about you I feel like that was my prime time (laughs) I think we'd like taken a friendship out of how we have it usually at home in the UK and we just planted it in Australia so it kind of it really didn't feel like any different it felt really comforting because we all just got on so well yeah, it was really nice. I think it was I definitely time. had an idea, sorry, before I moved to Australia, that everyone, that you meet Aussies and, you know, yeah. everyone has this idea that, you you know, you meet an Aussie man, you have an Australian friends because you work in a job with Australians and it is just the complete opposite. The only people yeah. I know that are Australian are people that are in my office. But anyone outside that, it's English, Irish, Scottish, or like we had when we first got there, like a close-knit friendship group. But even after that, like, you're just drawn to the same nationality as you. Definitely not the idea that they give you before you come out. No. No. Sorry, Graham. <laughs> and I think it's just, like, I think it comes to connection, like, what you need. I feel like it's, even though we're, like, really similar to Australians, we're also really different in terms of our background, experiences, our banter, you know, what we find funny. And I think just the connections are easier when they're people that are also the same as you right and of course there are loads of us in Australia so it does make that easier um but Ems obviously you've been out there the longest since then so you've been out there a while now and it's it's a difficult time right and even now would you say that a lot of your friends are sort of still fit into that sort of British category they are like some of them a couple of them are citizens here but if even if they are can literally hear my Aussie accent as I said that but even if they are they their partners are English or Irish um yeah you definitely fall into that I feel like um it's what you're comfortable with and also all those people that you're friends with have the same experience of having to move away from home um you know being out here with not your family um mm-hmm. having to not not that it's a chore but you know having to call home and all of those things that are just part of your day-to-day life living abroad they're the people that you can share it with whereas you know Australians like they can be your great friends here but they don't get that because they're here with their family in their hometown in a job really close to their house whereas you know they're going away on their holidays wherever they can whereas we're always thinking about the next trip home and everyone's in that boat of going back to Europe way for their holidays and that kind of thing but yeah I feel like how long have I been here now five I always feel like I'm stuck at three years but I think it is five coming up to five I think it's five I think it must be yeah. because 
I was there for three, th- just over three years, and then I've been back nearly two years now. So probably five years you've been there. Jess, you were there for a year. Yeah, and I've been back five years. You've been back five years. Six years. Oh, no, four years. I've been back four years. That makes four sense. Years. Yeah, yeah. So it is five years for you. It's four years in September for me. That's really scary. <laughs> I think I'll ever admit that it's been that long. No. I feel like you just keep going and go, oh, just another another few months, another year, maybe we'll see. And yeah. then I think yeah, a couple of months, I'll be a grandma and I'll be going, I've been here however many years. I literally yeah. don't think I'll ever accept it. No. <laughs> I think that's why I really wanted us all to get together because I think we've all kind of had similar yet different experiences over the past five years but also sort of through our 20s getting towards 30 I mean I've recently turned 30 and you're 30 next year right um Jess you've got a few years yet well it's like it's really interesting how kind of moving abroad and going through life in this kind of what is a pretty difficult and transformative decade as it is and how that sort of impacted us all in different ways and um and how we feel I suppose about where we're at and I think this is what I really wanted to talk about today was that feeling of having like all of your shit figured out by the time you're 30 and um what what pressures we kind of put on ourselves and why and and kind of what how that's really like impacted us through getting to this stage and still I suppose being for some of you guys obviously being in your 20s so Jess do you want to maybe give us a bit of a story about your sort of travels and where you're at now yeah well I think I still feel just as lost to be honest but um I I think since I yeah since I was kind of at university I went off and traveled and then my stint really going through to Australia was like I'm going to go to Australia do this one last trip and experience it because I've always wanted to go there then I'm going to come home and get a job and do what everyone else is doing. Like that was the mindset that I was in. And I was like, I have to just go there for a year and then come home and get a normal job. So I stuck with that. And then towards the end of Australia, I was like, no, I don't really need to be doing that. And I don't also don't want to do that. But just circumstances at the time, left it too late, came home. And yeah, I've been home four years now. And it's been I don't know quite a journey I think it's been quite difficult for me to be like I should be doing this but I've always felt like I should be doing this because everyone else around me is just working nine to five um not really doing much traveling at home you know just living for the weekends saving up to go on those holidays in the summer getting a house and things and that's I think always been in the back of my mind I'm like I should be doing that that's why I should I came home um but as I guess time's kind of gone on, I've been like, I don't need to be doing that. That's not what I want to do. So yeah, I'm like pretty happy where I am at the minute. I was living in Manchester for three years, had a really fun time. I made some amazing friends. I was working in a really good job that I really loved. Um, And then again, circumstances in work kind of changed. So now I've come home, which I think has been the most difficult part of this journey, coming back to my parents at 27. feeling like I'm taking a stepping stone back in life which again society has made me feel like that that I shouldn't be coming back to my parents at this age when in fact I've come home to save for my next um 
next goal where I want to kind of be which you know again needs kind of figuring out so yeah I think it's been difficult for me to not kind of be in that mindset that I'm doing the wrong thing and that I'm 27 oh my god I need to be saving for a house right now why am I not having a baby but I don't want to be doing those things right now so I think there's just a difference in what you want to be doing what you think you should be doing um but it's also really helped me that you know you two as well I've got a you know good bunch of friends around me that are very much in the same situation so other than my friends I think social media is one thing that's making me feel like I'm in the wrong place um but also just society that you think you should be doing that so yeah I think that's kind of where I'm at right now and I'm just trying to take each day as it comes you know I'm kind of happy in my job it's nice being at home you know taking the pressure off things got a good group of friends around me I can do what I want in a minute I've got me more freedom so yeah I think that's kind of where I'm at um yeah that's that's kind of don't know where I'm going next but we'll see <laughs> yeah and I think you're totally right in saying that there's you know a lot of pressure from you know your friends and family doing things or saying things but also that societal pressure in social media and like what you should and shouldn't be doing but um I'd love to know a bit more about like when you came home mm. what that did that get worse because you were around people you said you felt the pressure before you left Australia yeah but what was it like whilst you've actually been back in the UK and also how did you maybe change that mindset um yeah when I did first get back that was probably the biggest struggle because I didn't want to come back and I think it was those last two months that I was in Oz and I was like I don't really don't want to go home now so then to then transition back to that and because you know the past four years I'd been working overseas it was re- I don't think I prepared myself for the the transition of just coming back to UK life and at the time like the girl that I moved in with for example you know very much a home bird have never done any of this so for me to then move in with her and be like oh my god I just want to go back to Australia or I want to be away it just wasn't relatable so I struggled with that I wasn't around the correct people at the time when I first got back I was thrown into a job that was just not my cup of tea at all I just kept very busy with it and then it came lockdown and COVID and I think that just heightened the feeling even more because I was like I'm trapped now but also I couldn't do anything about it. So I just got through it, you know, with it being locked down. And then after that, I'd moved in with, you know, a really great girl in Manchester, um, got some really good friends and it changed it because I was enjoying life a little bit more. But obviously, as I've spoke to you guys so much, it's always in been in the back of my head that, you know, I still want to go back or I still want to go away. So I think it's not necessarily that I've switched off the feelings. I've just been dealing with it in a different way. Um, it's not been the easiest thing and if anyone else has the answer out there of how to deal with it that would be great (laughs) but I think um yeah I'm just trying to take each day as it comes and just live I think a bit more in the present because I don't do that very often enough and yeah I think yeah I think we could (laughs) definitely all do that more couldn't we and I don't know if you feel this as well Emily but obviously from me and Jess coming back to the UK since living in Oz I don't know about you but I feel like the mindset's really different of like the people that you spend time with I feel like when I was in Australia a lot of my connections were pretty um a bit more carefree no one really spoke about getting a mortgage people are 
thinking about the next adventure. People are out there sort of living for the moment a bit more. And then coming back home into my friendship group, um, you know, a lot of them have bought their own house. Some of them have started to have children. Mm. Um, I feel like the kind of the mindset around jobs and career is really important here, which I felt was a less important to people that I was sort of hanging around with Australia. So I think that mindset bit is is also hard to shift back into when you leave how have you found that mindset of um a difference ems and have you noticed a difference and how does that impact you living there for so long i think i obviously talk to a lot of people from home so i still get that side of the marriage the babies the buying a house is probably the biggest one for me because that's always something i wanted to do is to own my own flat um but here you know especially in sydney it's just not possible but yeah, you're right. The mindset over here is very much like, when's the next big holiday? Everyone talks about Europe. It's such a big thing. Obviously, one thing because people's families are over there, but also because it's just the, the Australian way is to go and spend a really long time in Europe and travel the countries. Whereas um, when you're, I think, um, over here, I do want to see Australia, but I think people just talk a lot more about those trips um, to Europe um, I think the outdoors lifestyle and everything here is just about like living in the moment and the next sunrise or the next kind of gym or you know those kind of things whereas I feel like at home and even with jobs I do think money is a big thing over here because you can't you can't afford a good lifestyle unless you earn a lot in Sydney so I think people are still really career driven but living for the weekends, going out in the week, like weekday nights, I'm not saying like big nights out, but that was one thing I loved at the beginning, not necessarily what I'm doing right now, but people going out on a Tuesday night to the pub or going and doing like activities and stuff in the week. Whereas I never really felt like that at home. I don't know if you guys being back home, that's a thing is to do a lot in the week, but it definitely is here. Like, yeah, people love it. think if you're what I've noticed being back home because I um my office at work is in London but I I don't live in London but I go up to London for work so what I've noticed from that and my friends that are in London yes that's a really normal thing to go in the week so if you're in the city but if you're anywhere else outside it's it's not you know like living not there it's it's pretty you know calm during the week you're not really doing much so I definitely see that difference um how Has it made you feel, though, those conversations that you have from people at home when they do talk about what they're doing, what they're going up to? And as that is different to where you're at coming up to the 30, how has that made you feel and. And how has that impacted you? I think I'm not in the place of wanting to get married right now. So those things, I think, don't make me feel like I really want to be doing that. But I think when there's things or goals that you've had in life, like I mentioned before, the the owning a flat, that kind of stuff, like it does make you feel like you really want that and you just can't get it. So then you look, you have to find other ways of fulfilling the happiness that you would get from that. And I go, right, okay, I don't have to worry about sorting out house bills and things like that. And, you know, if something breaks, it's not my problem, it's the building's problem. Like I have to try and see the positives of, actually me just deciding that 
renting is the only thing that we can do here. So that's what I need to do. And then the goal is like your visa, not everyone else at home will be able to get permanent residency. So that's my goal. So I think it's just separating like what I, and I think I definitely have this mindset of I have to do all these things before I'm 30. I'm trying to, you're trying to squeeze it in this last year. I think as soon as I turned 29, I was like, oh my God, I need to run a marathon. I need to do a triathlon. <laughs> I need to buy that. Like, you have, I had this just couple of weeks of thinking, like, I felt like I was turning 30 when I turned 29 because I just had this realization. It was like, I've got a year left, but I don't know why I feel like, and everyone kind of feels like you're running out of time. Like, it all has to be ticked off. It's just, yeah, I think it's just the turning 30 thing. You probably felt it, Alex. I don't know. Did you feel like that? Yes. And I can say for sure that life doesn't stop at 30. You know, when you wake up the next day, things carry on and (laughs) life carries on and nothing, you know, transformative just changes, you know, you're just, it's just another day. And I don't know why we separate this sort of age and make it this big thing, but I felt that hugely particularly when I was still living in Australia um and let's not forget to mention what Jess said earlier about COVID and we've had the whole pandemic through these last few years which has made that really hard too but I remember when I was in a really bad place um and decide trying to decide whether to leave or stay one of the big things was I did a timeline from my age at the time I was 28 to 30 and looked at the things I wanted to do in that time and that contributed to my decision to leave because I felt like I had to go home get my shit together get some savings and you know get a deposit on a house whereas I'll tell you now I haven't done that yeah I haven't got a deposit I haven't um, got my own house yet yes I've saved some money but I haven't bought a house and I'm you know over the age of 30 now and I think whilst we're on this topic I think this is a really good thing to talk about because I feel like there's so much pressure on the buying housing and I feel like it's what everyone thinks is that end goal and I love what you said Ems about changing your goals because I feel like in life things do change right and with that means we do have to adjust our our goal or our route towards that but I feel like there's way too much pressure on that getting a house is the best financial step for us all. And I think that people often throw around the term, you know, you're throwing money away if you're renting, but there are benefits to that, aren't there? Mm -hmm. Um, Jess, do you want to talk about maybe how you feel about that? buying a house and what's your opinion on on this whole thing I think to be honest that's never been like uh quite an early goal for me but I think that comes with the mindset and who you're being around so everyone kind of like that I know here has got their own house and you know friends that I made in work in Manchester are now getting their own house so that naturally made me think oh my god should I be doing that but I actually spoke to a friend a few weeks ago who's just a little bit younger than me and she's bought a house and she's so honest and she was like don't actually feel like you need to be doing this anytime soon because she said I've got a house now great I've got four walls around me but she was like I cannot do anything else now because I've got things that break in I still need to do things to the house you know I want to, I, I need to do the garden and she was like I actually she was like I hate to use a word but she was like I do feel trapped now but I think that she very much fell into that because all of her friends around her 
have got a house. So, so it was the next thing to do. When you're in that bubble, it's almost like, well, if everyone else is doing it, I should do it. But it's just not something that I know would make me happy right now. So it's not something that I am, well, I'm obviously saving, but I'm not saving for a house. Um, so I'm quite content with that. Um, it's something that I would want probably in like five years or so, but just not right now. Because I know deep down that once I've got a house, that's not absolutely not what I would be happy in. And I think it takes away your freedom a little bit to like maybe I'm going to go do this instead or I'll do that so yeah that's just one thing that doesn't affect me I think as much people around me doing that um yeah I don't know how you feel about that yeah I think I think that's really um good to also recognize that your maybe one of your values is actually freedom and I think it's maybe understanding yourself and what you need a bit more and I'm not saying that buying a house is a bad decision or a not sensible decision because it obviously is a, a good decision that's why so many people do do it but I think it also depends on your values right of is, do I want is stability and security one of my top values perhaps I may be more inclined to buy a house and perhaps from what you've said perhaps freedom is one of yours and I've certainly felt like this journey over the last couple of years has taught me that I kind of tell myself I want stability and and real like security but actually I do like the security of change and and making decisions and traveling and things like that so I think that's quite yeah an important reflection I think that's where I've thought actually would it not be better off for us to make sure that we're in a really good financial position before we commit ourselves to a 35 year mortgage you know would it actually benefit me to spend the next five years saving for a bigger deposit so then I have a smaller mortgage uh, what do you think about that ends I think a lot of people have said that around me like um, people at work you know Aussies that live here that have bought houses even years ago and they said that they now can't afford things because of the interest rates like I am fully for not buying a house right now because I just I think the decision is taken away from me here it's not even yeah. I wouldn't even sit down and do the math because I know that it's not possible to live where I want to live. And, you know, in the location for me is probably the most important thing. Like I don't want to move away from the beach or the part of Sydney that makes me happy or where my friends are, where my job is like, you know, it sounds silly to think about the gym, but that's something that makes me happy. So I wouldn't want to give that up. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, everyone says the same thing here that, actually you think it is the best thing ever but there are so many things that come along with it having to fix things when they're broken we've already mentioned the interest rates um so I just don't even think of it as like an option for me like I think our next goal is to have a bigger apartment but still rent so that's just like the next goal for us is not buying it's having the money to get a bigger place that has a garden because we want a dog but I tell you what, to your question earlier, the dog is a huge thing here. I don't know, in the UK, I know it's very similar, that in Sydney, 95% of people have a dog. And it's, it makes you really, really want a dog. Everyone's on mad pause if you don't have a dog. You have a dog dog sitting for at least like every other weekend. Like, I feel like that's a massive thing. And we really, really want a dog. But I, we're traveling too much. Like, we want to go on holiday. We want to go home. So it's just not like the right thing for us. 
but it feels like such a structured life buy a house get a dog because you've now got a garden then get married then have kids and that and then buying the house feels like the first piece mm. of this like life that I'm not currently living because I'm living abroad so I'm glad mm. that that first step is like further and further away for me because it makes all the other steps even further away because I'm not you know just no one around here is like having babies things like that in my friendship group so I guess it's good for me in that sense but I do obviously see both sides because I've got everyone on social media from the UK and everyone from Australia so you have have both um but yeah I'm not ready to do that house buying yet yeah and I know when I was in Australia I felt like I found it quite hard to um throw my all into something because in terms of like commitments around things as well because I thought that well Australia isn't somewhere I want to live forever so I felt like that really sort of affected my decision making um how does that affect you Ems in terms of thinking about the future whether you want to be there long term or not I know it's a classic question people ask you but how does that affect you if it does I feel like I can never say the words I want to be here forever and there are people around me um that do say that but I just can't seem to get to the point where I commit 100% and I think it's just a protection thing like if something happened to family friends in the UK I want to be able to go back and not feel disappointed in myself that I made the commitment that this was going to be forever um but yeah I don't think I'll ever admit it I might be here for another 20 years and I'll still be saying it's not forever um but yeah, it does impact you. I think it makes you feel like that. I feel like there's like an end date. Like it has to end at some point. Like I keep thinking, oh, how? why don't I just stop it now? Because like, what am I doing? Like you have that question. I think, am I, do I get another job? Like, do I want to progress my career? Or do, am I thinking, oh, I'll just go home. Like you're just never really sure. But you just keep like, oh, let's say whenever someone asks me, like, how are you getting on? And I was just plodding along, <laughs> literally just... <laughs> <laughs> taking each day that comes and taking tiny goals and we've just had like the great news that we can actually get PR a lot earlier than we thought because it was very out of reach for me it felt like it was too far away but actually we'll be able to apply like this time next year which is a lot sooner than we thought and that is a smaller goal for me and I feel like we've put so much like time and effort and jobs and farm work and everything into yeah. Australia life to not come out with my PR or RPR would just be yeah it would just be silly really so I might as well get it and then I'm just taking that as like the next step and then not thinking about the fact that you have to keep the PR you have to be in the country a certain amount of time to even think about it. that like yeah that to me I was talking <laughs> to mum about this the other day and I was like that I said that I said oh but I won't be able to keep it and she's like just one goal at a time and then that's how eventually, you know, you get to a decision of whether it's engagement, marriage, kids. And then that's when you start deciding whether you want to do that here or not. But at the moment, I don't have the money to buy in the UK or here. So mm -hmm. and I love my job here. So that's one thing. And, you know, it's just that decision of why would I go home right now? The main thing would be friends and family. But every single person that is at home supports me being here 
and it's not making me feel guilty. I think if I had that, life out here would be so much harder, the guilt. Yeah, guilt's definitely a big one. I think we'll do another episode purely about the ups and downs live in Australia. I think that makes its own episode completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I really resonated with what you just said there about... <clears throat> Um, about taking goals one step at a time and trying not to think about the next thing because like for me I did get permanent residency before I left but at the time when I left you know I needed to go home and that was the right decision for me and you you can always think too far ahead and put decisions off because you think oh well what if I need to do that and need to do that and what if I need to come back but I think it's important to try and take those things in steps and even coming back to the UK I think something that we all have in common even though the three of us have had different experiences the common theme I'm hearing is that we still aren't really sure where we're going you know you can make decisions and and move location but that doesn't necessarily know you've got it all figured out and I certainly don't you know there's definitely been things that um you know I've that have really helped me being back in the UK and things that I really needed over the past nearly two years. But I'm still in a position where I don't want to say I'm never going back to Australia or I'm never leaving the UK. I don't feel comfortable that I feel like that. I still don't really know. And I think it's trying not to take on also like the projected values of others where you know, some people might even give a throwaway comment and say, oh, like, well, well, you came back from Australia, so why would you go back? Or little comments, you know, that are maybe about, oh, we well, should be really thinking about settling down now and getting a house and kids. Isn't that what, what you want to be thinking about? And it's that's their values, not ours. But I I find it personally quite difficult to not take on take on those values and overthink where I'm going. So, yeah, I think that's something that's interesting that we could probably all share that feeling of like at right now, none of us really have a five year plan and know exactly where we want to be and what we want to do. But when things start to feel like you want to take that next steps, perhaps that helps those decisions when you actually feel like you want to get engaged and have, you know, kids, because I don't think any of us here are in that position. We don't want that right now. We don't want to have a house. So why are we putting the pressure on ourselves that we have to work towards that we're not there yet and I think it's accepting that we're not there which it always makes it worse when someone asks you isn't it when they're like so what, oh. what, what are you doing so someone asked me the other day and it was it was just on the phone so what what's like what's the plan what are you doing no plan, There's no plan. <laughs> plan. we're living in the moment no <laughs> I also um, with a sorry to put in Alex a generation no. thing, maybe when I spoke to like family friends oh so are you staying here now then is it or you're not going back anywhere now are you uh well I'm not too sure yet Um, and it's like really different to them because I think you know they've always had their life planned out it's very much been like rigid house kids Mm -hmm. marriage whereas for us it's changed but I think in this generation so when you're then around them it's like oh why should I not be doing that but again like you said that's their values this is ours and I think that's just evolved over time so yeah that is hard though but you again you've just got to remember what you want to do and I think what makes you happy yeah I think everything I think happens you're a lot later t- now as well isn't it like 
you don't have to I think our our parents generation you know I know my mum had me when she was 28 so and I'm 29 and I can't even picture that part of my life at all and that's one thing that gives me I guess like um, makes me feel better living over here is that everyone is in the same boat and that things are a bit later so I don't feel like everyone around me is doing that thing but yeah when you do see it on social media or something it just makes you go oh should I be doing that and you have to do that whole process of getting yourself back to know this is how I'm doing it you know you block social media for a few days and I feel like it can just take one tiny thing one person some one tiny thing that you see that you then start doubting everything that you've just spent months making yourself feel better about and then you have to go through that process again. Go back to the gym, make yourself feel good, yeah. turn off socials. Like it just yeah. feels like a, a cycle that seems to just get triggered somehow by someone or social media. Absolutely. And um, this kind of segues quite nicely. And the question I want to ask you both is what would be, you know, your top three tips to help? you know, other people in their 20s like us, perhaps approaching 30 or people who have just turned 30 on on feeling or not feeling like they have to have all their shit figured out. Jess, do you want to start with your three? Yeah. Um, I think, um, well, I think I would love to also hear everyone else's tips, but I think how I deal with it currently is... Um, I think socials is such a big one. I get quite easily consumed by that just because a lot of my job's based on that. But yeah, not being super consumed by whatever what everyone else is doing. And I think also as well, everyone putting that on socials from our perspective, it looks as if they've got this amazing happy life. It's all set up because they've got a house. They've just got engaged, but is it? So yeah, I think taking a step back from that. Um, I think surrounding yourself with you know like-minded people utilizing your friends and you know communicating as well like how you're feeling I know we speak about it a lot which I think really helps me um and also living in the present just taking each day as it comes which I oh my god need to do so much more (laughs) but living in the present and stop worrying about what I'm gonna be doing six months down the line because that might affect this decision right now um, yeah, I think those three absolutely, um, you know, can really can really help. Definitely. Awesome, Ems. Um, <laughs> I feel to like it must it must have been my mum that said this, but something that's always stuck with me is that like nothing that you do is it is reversed. Nothing that you I can never get this right. I get it the wrong way around. But then, did you say nothing that you do is forever? Or permanent yeah it, everything can be reversed is pretty much what I'm trying to say mm. like you can go into a job if you don't like it you can leave and change it if yeah. you move to Australia and you don't like it home is always there if mm-hmm. I want to choose to go home and I don't like it and it's not for me I can come back like I, it's just that mindset of like it can you can change it like just go into something you don't have to think this is going to be like what you just said Jess it's not forever yes it can just be for a short period of time to see if you like it that would be my number one thing that I need to definitely take on board myself (laughs) um Mm. and the second one would probably be I think you said touch on a similar thing but just surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good and 
don't waste your time on people that don't because it's just not worth it like being surrounded by people that build you up make you feel good ask questions about you and I guess just take an interest in your life and make you feel good because you need that like and I definitely get that a lot from people here and at home and I'm very lucky that I have the best of both um but I know it can be hard sometimes when people are going into friendship groups that you just don't fill yourself in and you might give 100% but not everyone is your person it doesn't make them a bad person it's just not you can't be friends with everyone everyone's personalities don't match so I think just not putting the pressure on to find your people but also knowing that it's okay if they're not like your best friends that kind of thing and I don't have a third one because I haven't even thought about it (laughs) (laughs) I have a third one what about you Alex (laughs) I have a third one to add which actually um, I think comes from your mum and I think it's about what your mum said about having goals that um sorry uh goals but also reflecting on what you've achieved as a person Mm. you know rather like you said earlier yes people have goals to run a marathon to buy a house but maybe taking a step back in what you've achieved in how how you are as a human being you know actually what's something to be really proud of well you know I, I know I can say that about both of you that you're authentic good kind people and you know you can't say that for everyone so that's something to be really proud of and if you can get to 30 and feel like yeah do you know what I'm a pretty good human being I think that's a massive thing in itself so uh, thank you so much for your tips Um, I hope they help um, you guys because yeah we know how it feels and thanks for taking the time Ems and Jess to join me Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it Please make sure you um, like, download and share this episode and make sure you tune in for the next one and feel the power of self-service. Thanks, Alex. Thank you.